Hello, everybody. This is Mark C. Hansen. I play Kator Bashtar in Final Fantasy Type-0 HD, and you're listening to Final Fantasy Union. Hi everyone and welcome to another special edition of the Final Fantasy Union podcast to celebrate the release of Final Fantasy Type-0 HD. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Dan Sito who's a Square Enix Japan community manager. Hey, hello! And we're also joined by Mark C. Hansen. Hey Mark! Hello everybody! Thanks for having me. That's no trouble at all. How's it going? It's going great. I'm in sunny, beautiful California just soaking up the sun and of course doing my fun voice stuff. I'll rub it in, why don't you? (laughs) <laughs> rubbing it in guys just rubbing it in <laughs> but yeah before we go any further i'm super excited and pleased to announce that we're now going to be working with square enix for the next wave of type zero hd interviews and with that in mind welcome aboard dan ah thanks for having me so yes mark has had numerous roles throughout his career but for the purposes of this interview we're going to be focusing on his role in type zero hd where he plays the i guess the lovable antagonist kator bashtar But before we dive into our questions for Mark, I'd like to remind everyone that Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network, and now this specific interview series is presented with our friends at Square Enix. It's going to come on the iTunes store, FinalFantasyUnion.com, and YouTube.com forward slash FFUnionVids. So, Mark, could you tell us a bit about your acting background? Yeah, my acting background. Well, it all started... Back in a little tiny studio underneath downtown San Diego, where I took my first acting class with, uh, it's called the Rehearsal Room with Kerry Scott. He's basically the main go-to acting teacher down there. And I actually had a agent already for some sports announcing stuff and uh, got into the regular on-camera acting and just uh, character acting through this class. So I started there, took some classes Started really enjoying myself, so I got into some short films down in San Diego with just some students, directors, and whatnot, and then moved my way to L.A., where, as far as my acting background, done short films, feature film, uh, but really evolved into the voiceover stuff rather quickly, actually. So does that mean that voice acting wasn't necessarily something you planned on doing from the start and you kind of grew into? Yeah, well, actually, I started behind the mic in college. So I was the voice of my university for sports, as far as the PA announcer, the big, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the game. That kind of guy, you know? So uh, I started there, and actually I didn't even really play team sports. I skateboarded, snowboarded, that kind of stuff. But I loved announcing, so I got into basketball was my first one. And being behind the mic was such a thrill. And then when I got, like I was saying, down to San Diego doing sports announcing down there for cycling events and stuff like that. My agent was like, you should try on-camera acting as well, which then I started studying the on-camera acting. And then, of course, any acting class is going to make your voiceover acting so much better. So that's kind of how it evolved right there. I mean, I guess it makes sense because a lot of people think that when you're doing voice acting, you're just kind of static standing behind a microphone. But that's really not the case, is it? Oh, yeah, definitely not. No, I am... I mean, in some senses, it's, well, every voice actor says the same thing. It's, you have to get everything 
through just via your voice. So yeah, if you're just standing there, actually, this is a perfect example. I was just doing ADR on a film that's coming out and the guy was in a fight scene and I was trying to do the fight scene, you know, and I did a couple takes on the lines uh, for people that don't know ADR for a movie. This is or this particular spot was uh, an actor that they didn't like his voice. So they replaced it with mine. So I actually had to, you know, sync it up with his, with his action, with his mouth and everything. But in the fight scene, the director's like, hold on for a second. It doesn't quite sound authentic. So he says, do some jumping jacks, do some push-ups." So I just started like working out, doing push-ups, jumping jacks, running in place. And then they give you three beeps and then you do your line. And I was, and they're like, okay, you can stop now. I was like, no, no, give me the three beeps. So I'm still running and jumping. And right at the last three beep, I stopped my action, boom, hit the line. And it was there. So it's, yeah, it's all about the action and the acting. It's not just standing there doing the line. That sounds awesome. I would have loved to have seen that. I love it when they release those videos from behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, those are funny, huh? You're just like, wow, that's interesting. So are there any cool projects that you're working on at the moment that you can tease perhaps? Um, yeah, there's one project that is probably, I feel like it's pretty much the peak of my career as, as it is right now. Unfortunately, I can't talk about it, but I can say that it's it's television animation. It is in its second season right now, and I'm working with people such as Troy Baker, Travis Willingham, Craig, uh, Roger Craig Smith, Laura Bailey, a, a lot of big names. And the cool thing about it is we all record at the same time together. So it's such it's so much fun. Yeah, and it's just like total camaraderie and having fun. You get up, you do your lines, you're back and forth. It's, it's really awesome. So I will say it has to do with superheroes though. That's all I can really talk about. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people can kind of figure that out. Cause I, when you mention those names, I, if you follow those guys on Twitter, they normally tweet about when they're recording and like goofing off and whatnot. So well, that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited about it. And in fact, I, I have one character who's actually a lot like uh, Kader Bashtar because he's a villain, but he also has that, um, actually, how do I say it? He's a villain, but he doesn't necessarily consider himself a villain. So, And then they just booked me for another character because you get to play multiple characters in these animation, television animations. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. And I wish I could tell you more. Well, we'll just have to wait for those two months to end so we can find out more about it. But yeah, Dan, do you want to take some questions from the community? Yeah, sure. So um, I guess the first question is from a loyal fan. Yeah, I'd say very loyal. Yeah, Demo Farman's awesome. Uh, And his question is, what was it like playing the villain in a Final Fantasy game? Uh, What was it like? Uh, The actual character itself, I love this guy. I'll be honest, partly a little bit because he actually kind of looks like me. (laughs) So Did did you wear an eye patch? Did I wear the eye patch? That would have been so awesome. I didn't think about that. No, I didn't wear the eye patch, but ah, Mr. Trick. In yes, in my little um, imagination, I was definitely wearing it, but not physically at the recording sessions. Cool. Um, I guess we'll move on to another next question by Roctus two one six nine one, and he asks: Despite being one of Class Zero's enemies throughout, Kato wasn't exactly a clear-cut villain. So, did that play a part in how you recorded and how you presented the character? Yeah, definitely. When it comes to any villain, I actually play a decent amount of villains. I play the other side of the coin too, but... Is that, is that by choice? 
Uh, not really by choice. You basically audition for these roles and they kind of place you where they think you're going to be. I wish I could always decide, like, I want to play this guy, I want to play this guy. But no, it's not always by choice. But I do love the villains. Who who doesn't? Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. But I will say to that particular question, actually, Christoph Waltz said once, and I was listening to NPR, they had a long interview with him on there. And he said, the bad characters of villains don't necessarily see themselves as the bad people. They may be sitting here and, you know, fighting and killing all these innocent people. But on their side, the innocent people have the different views of them. So they're actually killing. They're the villains to them. So when you're playing somebody like this character, I don't necessarily sit there and think I'm an evil person. I'm killing all these people. I want to do harm to the world. And my vision, what I'm doing is I'm doing what I think is right. I'm killing these people. Yes, I'm uh, in this battle, but it's for it's for my true beliefs. That's a really interesting way of looking at it, actually. Um, do you want to take this next question, Dan? So next question, I guess, is um, kind of like your process of going into recording. So, you know, what's your favorite part about going into the recording studio for any particular project? I love just, I love surprise. When you go into a project, especially if you've never worked with somebody before, uh, it's a different voice director, it's a different crew in there, a different engineer. It's always kind of like that thrill of what's going to happen when I get in there. Because you never really know. Every single recording session is different than the last. They're like fingerprints. And then when you go in, I'll say that. The excitement of not knowing exactly what's going to happen. That doesn't worry you? It's not really a worry. It's more of an excitement. I mean, you could look at it two ways. You could look at it as being totally worried about it. It's like going into, a, let's say, a job interview. And you're like, oh my gosh... Um, I, what questions are going to ask me? I'm, I'm totally nervous. This could not go right. Or you could go in there and say, I can't wait to see the weirdest question they ask me because it's going to be a thrill and I'm going to have fun answering it. You could look at it either way. So I like that not knowing and that excitement of what's coming up next. I'm sure a lot of people wish they could uh, adopt that positive outlook instead of panicking when they go in for job interviews. Well, definitely that's something that I think a lot of actors learn over time. I wasn't always like that. Um, especially when you're first starting out, you're thinking about, oh my gosh, am I going to be good? Am I going to be good? I want them to like me. I want them to like me. That's like every actor's, they got to get over that hump. That's probably one of the number one fears. They want everyone to like them. That's another reason why they're actors. They like that positive energy coming towards them. So they're more worried about what they're going to think. But once you kind of get over that and that thing that I don't really care what you think, you're going to just, you're going to flourish. You're going to be so much better. What about if you've worked with them before? Does that change your mindset? Uh, if I have worked with them before, it's going into the recording session and being on point and nailing it and just like creating this thing. I'm very, uh, what's the word? Anal retentive, I guess, when it comes to, I like having everything nailed down perfectly. And especially with Square Enix, they were so good, um, or they are so good with being so particular about each line. So going in there and knowing that you're going to nail it and you're going to knock out each one perfectly. That's another thing that I like about going into recording session. It's coming out of it and saying, man, we got those perfect lines. They're done. Well, that must be so satisfying. Yeah, for sure. So a slight segue, but I was checking out your website, which is yourvoiceover.com, and your studio looks amazing. How long did it take to pull together? Oh, well, it's been evolving over time. Um, just really la the last two years, though. I've always like had this cool mic. I've had a cool preamp or I've always, I'm really into technology stuff and really into just the hardware of recording um, and sound engineering. But two years ago, it all came together when I said, okay, I'm going to go all out for this. I'm going to get 
an awesome mic. I'm going to do the room treatment perfect. So it took, I'd say the last two years really is when it all came together. I also noticed you have a, quite a collection of microphones. So which is your favorite to use? Oh, well, they're all for different reasons is why I have them. Uh, two of my favorites. Uh, it's the most widely used one in the voiceover world is the uh, Neumann U87, mainly because my voice just sounds great on it. Every different person, a different mic's going to sound great. This one really brings out my mid-range and really just punches through. It has a real good punch to it. So especially in some character work, um, especially in, let's say, like video games or even commercial stuff where there's so much sound going on, or like I was saying in video games where there's explosions and there's um, a lot of warfare going on, it really cuts through all that sound. Um, but on the other hand, when it's uh, when you want more of that smooth, silky, soft sounds, I've got one called uh, Lawson L47. It's a handmade mic in uh, made in Nashville, right here in the U.S., and it just really brings out that that yummy, gooey side of your voice. So those are my two favorites. But I will say this last thing on the microphone. I could talk about mics all day if you can tell. For anyone that's looking to get a mic or start voiceover or just have fun recording, you could take the best mic in the world and put it in a horrible sounding room and it will sound horrible. You could take a USB mic, a $100, $200 mic, put it in the best treated room. And what I mean by treated is like a good sounding room with good treatments on the walls and, you know, soundproof and whatnot. And that $200 mic will sound money. So it really comes down to uh, your room, even more so than the mic, if you ask me. It's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about mics, but yeah, this is all fascinating for me to hear because there's stuff here you just don't consider what goes into this kind of thing. So aside from it being awesome because it was a Final Fantasy game, was there any part of the experience that was different from usual when recording for Final Fantasy Type-0 HD? Yeah, well, I, um, this kind of touches back on something I already said. The Final Fantasy was very different in one very different way. I've recorded a lot of games, and you could sit there for two hours, or I could sit there for two hours and do lines. Like, get down, watch out, here he comes, or... Yes, da, da, da. just all these lines for two hours straight, and I might get one redirect. Square Enix redirects and nails down every single line, which is awesome because you know they're getting what they want. So that is a huge difference between a lot of the other games I've recorded where you're going two, sometimes four hours straight with hardly any redirects, and Square Enix Final Fantasy where they nail down each line, especially because they have to vo voice match to the Japanese version. But yeah. I love that about it. They just, they're down for perfection. Actually, that's another good question. Like, do you, do you ever hear the Japanese version? Oh, yeah. So do you take that on board to be kind of like as part of your character? Or do you be like, you know, what, I was just going to do completely my own thing? Or how, what goes through your mind when you, when you hear like another version of a character that you're also doing? Yeah, well, I'm a good mimic. So I can hear something and do it back. Uh, so yes, they play the Japanese version. And I kind of let that sink in. I, I'll do the line. If I felt it kind of connected, I try to embrace the original Japanese version and then do my own. Maybe it's a little bit different, but I definitely try to embrace that. Even though I don't know what they're saying, you can tell a lot just from the inflections and the grit of his voice. Like, you know, obviously some, somebody says, I'm happy or I am happy. Yeah, it's a big difference. You know, you can definitely say it no matter. Or let's say somebody says, or 
har du modnäggna ångarna? Jag tror inte modnäggning. Har du inte modnäggna? Ja, nu modnäggning. Obviously, you kind of get a different feeling from each one, right? Mm. I don't know what yeah, language totally. that was, but it was my own. I just made it up. <laughs> the language of Hanson. So, uh, <clears throat> it was Hanson language. So, yeah, definitely try to embrace the Japanese uh, voice. Cool. And I suppose you've touched on this. I guess this kind of runs on the kind of question we asked before. But aside from the the direction angle, I mean, was there any... I mean, what was another part of voicing a Final Fantasy character that was most rewarding to you? Yeah, there's so many games out now. It's They're just, you know, game after game after game. And a lot of them you'll voice and you'll never even see the game again. Uh, but with Final Fantasy, when you're going in, it has such a history and so many fans. And it's such an empire in itself that, like anything else, you go in and you're just amped to do it. And you, and you feel good about it. You know, you're excited. I get booked on games where I'm kind of like, okay, I'm still excited to do the work. But there's not that thrill of this is a Final Fantasy game. This is this is where it's at right here. So yeah, I love that part. Do you play Final Fantasy games yourself? Oh man, I I'm not a huge gamer. I hate to say it, but I'm so busy with um, I work at Universal Studios voicing Transformers. Uh, I do a live presenting for voice stuff. I'm voicing in my studio for narrations. Then I do the video games. Then I do the animation. I rarely have time to actually play that was actually one of my uh, one of my new year's resolutions but it didn't happen <laughs> it's still time yeah what well, better game to start off with yeah yeah of course i was i loved games you know growing up and it's just uh slowly losing uh, touch with playing the actual game but i want to get back to it that's one of my goals like i said well unfortunately that's all the time we have for questions mark but thank you so much for joining us on the show yeah thanks for having me this was fun and for everyone who's listening for the first time please be sure to check back in the future as we have a load more type zero hd interviews planned with the rest of the cast but thanks again mark thanks a lot for having me. you guys have a great time over there in london <laughs> we'll try or try well i'm gonna go outside I'm going to kick back on my uh, my lawn chair and just relax in the sun, drink some lemonade, you know, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I don't have a lawn. <laughs>